day, like, you know, I see them, like, I see Lil C's in barbershops. Okay. In Brooklyn, like, I see him, like, he, my man Cliff cuts his hair. Like, uh, there's another dude that I see, like, and, you know, I would, like, as an adult, I would ask them, like, you know, like, what was it like? And they was like, you know, Big Show, everyone loved Big, you know, a lot of stuff, like, Big was able just to, like, just roam, obviously he was roaming through Brooklyn Free, because he was Brooklyn, but, right. uh, Definitely. it was, it was, it was an amazing time, they said, like, they said, like, Big would just take care of dudes, like, he would just fly, like, when that whole Junior Mafia stuff, like, happened, like, you know, they would, they would go out to places together, like, he would take everyone out, this is, like, 95-ish, like, 95, 96, okay. yeah. but, I mean, it was... I mean, it was big. It was Brooklyn. It was an amazing time. He is very much Brooklyn. Neil, did you ever get into uh, any sort of, not a situation, but like yeah. see him? Cause Never saw him. Never got to see him. Um, but I knew a few people that ran into him, and they said the same thing, that he was just like a really cool, chill dude, you know? Uh, and, uh, yeah, around that time, I was in high school. Okay. So I was like, I want to say like uh, 14, 15 when the album came out. And it's like he literally was the king of Brooklyn around that time. And it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing. So as you probably guessed, uh, well, this is swatches and boom boxes. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's, with, yeah, that's an important. Yeah, yeah people should know that. <laughs> that's fact. the name of the show. Um, and this is what we're doing. And as you could guess, um, well, I'm Jim Search. And uh, you can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Jim Search. Um, those are a couple places you can see me. And this show is, uh, just real quick, is a review of rap from the 90s and a little bit of 2000s we'll get into. But this is just breaking down some of those classic albums. And uh, who do I have right across from me? I My am, cap uh, co-captain. Yeah, I'm, I'm Neil Charles. And, um, yeah, you can find me at neilcharles.com and on Twitter at neilcharlesftw. For the win. For the win. Because that's what we're doing out here. Absolutely. So, uh, and as you, as you probably guessed, we will be talking about a, uh, one of Brooklyn's own amazing rappers uh, put out what could have been considered and is considered a classic album. Um, but the person who we have on as our guest, uh, Brooklyn Zone, hilarious comic, <laughs> lover of all things that are, that is Brooklyn. He has a Brooklyn uh, polo teddy bear knit hoodie or the knits the knit hat. Yeah, that's pretty Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. But Lawrence Deloach. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I, I appreciate it. Totally do. Yeah, and this is our this is our first run, our first episode, mm -hmm. and I thought, why not bring my boy Larry, who you can also find on Memory Bank Shots. Yeah, Memory Bank Shots basketball podcast. So iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all that stuff. Check mm -hmm. it out. Jim is, is is there every. It's it's a dope podcast. So. Yeah, definitely check it out. I mean, granted, I don't know shit about basketball, but I'm learning slowly. <laughs> it happens, bro. It I happens. Yeah, you gotta start yeah. somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. <laughs> I man. gotta start. Everyone yeah. starts somewhere. But our uh, the album that we're gonna be talking about, which Lawrence has picked out. Yeah. As you guessed again from our lengthy talk about the notorious B.I.G is we are talking about Ready to Die, which, again, classic album, um, came out in 94, September 94. Mm 
Um, and safe to say, had Brooklyn, I mean, I wasn't here, but obviously the stories, and you can say firsthand, Brooklyn was in a smash over it, right? Like Absolutely. This. Smash is, I don't even know if that word is big enough to describe what was happening around that time. Because the city just went crazy. I think, I think just that whole era in rap was, you know, 94, you know, big. Uh, you know, Nas dropped. Uh, you know, everyone like New York City rap was like Wu Tang. Wu Tang yeah. was out. Yep. Uh-huh. You know, you following up. You know, because a couple years earlier, you had you know Snoop dropped. I yep. believe that year. Yep. yep. Uh, and you know, hip hop was just to the point where it was just getting crazy. Like dudes were like, like bringing heat. You know, like mid nineties, and it, it was a, it was an amazing time. But. I mean, this this is my album. This is the album that you know that signifies to me Brooklyn, hip hop. Now, what? Tell us where you were uh, when this album came out. Uh, where and like, I mean, you could. I mean, specifically and <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? Yeah, it, like, do you remember exactly where you were when, yeah. you, when you picked it up? This is uh. Well, I mean, this is September '94, so I was uh, I was going to the uh, I was in fifth grade. I was uh. I was in elementary school in, in Bed Stuy, PS three oh eight. Uh I was on Gates Ave, so you know, so that's the Stuy. So obviously that's a big Whoa. Yeah, it's, that's you uh know, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So it's uh it was it was a dope time. <laughs> and I, I just remember you know what's funny, I remember my uh I can remember uh people obviously I got the album later than when it first came out. Like it came out September, but I remember asking my mother you know if she can give me the big album and man <laughs> how did that go yo when, i'm sure when she turned over the cover and saw fuck me interlude nah you know you know it's so funny man i can remember uh being 10 and i was i would listen to this and and my mother she she you know she was like all right you know i'm, I'm gonna allow you to listen to this she was you know my mother's great woman she allowed she said listen yeah, you know, I'm gonna let you listen, but I think she, you know, she heard the the singles. Like it wasn't like you know, right? But when I listened to that, and you know, you hear, God damn it, Valletta! Like it was like <laughs> <laughs> as the open, and, and you're like, you're like, all right, maybe I shouldn't play this around her. So there was, you know, I had, I, I would literally, you know, I, you know, at, at ten, you have to kind of sneak and listen to something like that, right. mm-hmm. right. uh, because it, you know, it's a lot. Obviously, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of curses in it. It's it paints an image of you know of how how rough brooklyn was or it you know was at that time i mean you know 94 giuliani was in office right so he was you know he was sending dudes away but you know he was trying to clean up he was quote unquote trying to clean up the city quote unquote and um and it was you know people were you know obviously people were getting robbed people were getting shot it was you know it was you know world trade uh stuff had happened like a year before 93 so you know it was a different it was a different time and now let me ask. So when Mom gave you the green light uh-huh. for the album, uh-huh. were there any stipulation? Like, you know what? Nah, because I was such a, I was such a, uh, I wasn't a bad kid. It was more like, like mom, like I was more like this. Is, okay, like I would always ask my mother for video games. Like, mom, I'd be like, Mom, can you get me, you know, Sonic? And you know, she was like, All right, you know, how are your grades? Grades is good. All right, you know, let's let's do it. So I was a good kid. I was a video game kid, and then I, I can remember. I think I saw the source. I think that's what really like oh, yeah. amped it up. <laughs> okay. So read the source. You know, yeah. so you read the source, yep. and you're like, All right, you know, and I think I forgot what they gave. I think it was like three four and, and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
you get you see those mics and you're like, yo, and then everyone is kind of talking about it. Mm-hmm. All the kids are talking about big, like this is we were in Brooklyn. Yep. So you get the album and then you know, I remember I remember my mother took me to the Wiz. We went to the Wiz. Oh wow. Oh, yeah, that's taking it back. Yeah, we went nobody to the Wiz. Did, like Wiz or Sam Goody. Word, we back went, in the day. We went to the Wiz, man. I forgot. I think it was there was a Wiz by King's Plaza yep. in Brooklyn. King's that Plaza. Was the Wiz. If those of you are listening, King's Plaza is a, uh, is a mall in Brooklyn. Yep. Uh, it's like in Flatlands or something like that. It's like mm-hmm. off of Flatbush mm-hmm. Avenue, and we went and the Wiz was like right across the street from the mall. And I got the tape, and uh, the tape was probably like ten bucks. Okay. And you know, I get home and I'm in my room, and I had like a, um, I had my mother had bought me a Sony Walkman. So it's okay. like it's like the yeah. sport walkman. So it's like yeah. some orange shit. Right? Yeah, so, I remember that. Talking and ancient times. Like, now. Yeah. So ancient times. And you like it folded open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have the thing that clap. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so we're listening. So I'm, I'm, I get in. You know, I'm in my in my room and I'm going through like this. And I'm like, she can never hear this album. Absolutely <laughs> not. You're right. You made the right call. I, I think I think my mother. You know, she would be like, "What the fuck did I buy? No, this is uh, no. I'm not letting you know be." But you hear it and you're like, all right, man, let's let's go. Let's like play through it. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, so you hear like the nigga is 87. Is you getting yeah. money? And yeah. like <laughs> and you like well, it's 94. Like, I don't even know what he's talking about. I was three in 87. But yeah, crazy. you you get it. You, you're hearing it. And then like, you know, you hear the these songs and you're like, you know, things done change. Like, don't ask me why I'm stressed. My mom's got cancer in the breast. Things done change. And you like back in the day. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so it sounds like that really kind of formed what Brooklyn was for a lot of people, like what it, what it looked like. Yeah. You know what? I think, I think, uh, it, it changed, like it went from like, you know, public enemy and you know, this, like Mm -hmm. it went from like this late eighties, early do the right thing. Like, yo, like, yo, white people, you're not going to wild out on black people. Like it's, you know, we unity, we trying to, you know, do the right, we trying to do all this stuff. And then it went to that, like that whole Snoop, you know, like gangster, quote unquote gangster rap. And, and then like Brooklyn, like Biggie kind of like took it and put his own spin on it. Right. And it was like, all right, like I'm, I'm here. Like, let's hear these stories. Right, right, right. He really changed the genre, you know. Cause yeah. Before he came out, like there were a lot of like Africa medallions and things like that. Like mm-hmm. that was like late '80s, and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. it just it just really yeah. changed when yeah. he came out. Cause yeah, I was I was here. Flavor Flav, 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 Chuck Chuck uh, Chuck Nice, Chuck D, Chuck, Chuck D, D. D. yep, Chuck D, uh, Public Enemy, yeah. Chuck, yeah, Public Enemy. You had all these guys. Yep. Now, Neil, what? Uh, where were you? Oh, exactly. Man. Do you do you remember exactly I where you were? I do remember exactly where I was, and I'm going to totally date myself, and that's that's perfectly fine. That's, that's what this fine. show's about. <laughs> I know, because I know people get really you know sensitive about their age and whatnot, but I I can tell you exactly where I was, and it's just so weird how people talk about this album like it's ancient, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, I know exactly where I was and mm-hmm. what I was doing and how mm-hmm. old I was. Mm-hmm. I was about um, 14 years old. And I was in high school, and I went to Edward R. Morrow High School okay. right here in Brooklyn. And um, just Big was just, it, it was it was amazing. Like, that whole album was amazing. It was heavily anticipated. I didn't have to buy it because my older brother had it. And that's how I listened to it. I just, I just stole his. Okay. That's how I listened to it. So I didn't have to ask mom. 
because I knew it would have been a no. I knew that. You would have got you would have got vetoed on that one. So totally. Now you would sneak it from your brother, yep. right? Yep. Um what what were your thoughts like as a 14-year-old kid listening to this? How what did, what did it what ran through your head with that? Well, at the time, right? Brooklyn just exploded when Big came out. Everybody loved Big and the first single that everyone had was um it was it was juicy juicy, juicy. right and you know I can honestly say that I did not like it at first I didn't you like, like it. juicy and I got yeah you I didn't, didn't like, like juicy I didn't like juicy I didn't like juicy wow. but I felt like I didn't like it mainly because everybody else liked it hmm. and as weird as that sounds I was one of those people that was like you know what well I'm not drinking the Kool Aid because it was that it was that tremendous. In high school, where if you said something bad about Big, you was fighting. Mm, like yeah. it was like that. Yeah. That's how rabid people were about Big and his music. It was like that. You know? That's that's crazy. Well, I mean, <laughs> I want to say that's crazy, but I mean, to- it was Brooklyn in the '90s, so we fought over things for less. <laughs> so it's really not that crazy of a concept. Like, not that's, too far fetched for you to be like, "Fuck this." Uh, real quick, you, you know, you said uh, you didn't like Juicy. That was like Puffy's way of, from what I I read uh, stories about that. That was Puffy's way of trying to get big to be commercial, right? Because if you listen to the whole album, ain't it's too not many, like that. Ain't too many Juicies on that yeah, shit. You yeah, know what yeah, Juicy yeah. and Big Papa. That's, yeah. about, that's it. about it. Yeah, you know, and everything else. I didn't have a problem with. Anything else except for Juicy, but at the time it was just because so many people mm-hmm. loved that song, and I just heard it too much, mm-hmm. right? Too much, you know. Right, right, right. And I think at the time I wasn't able to really appreciate it as as a teenager the way I can appreciate it now. Yeah, you know, it's you know? uh, well, it's funny because I was uh, was in '94, I was 13, mm-hmm. I was 13 years old, and um, I was kind like my toes were in rap like i wasn't that deep in like i was uh i i was still i'd listen to dr dre's let me ride like mm-hmm. yeah the chronic was there my brother had that too yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that was uh i think that was actually that cyber that was the first rap album i got was uh no i'm sorry uh public enemies apocalypse 91 was the first album i got um but the uh but then i got the chronic but then i remember seeing and hearing um big papa yeah and i was like who is this dude now i'm in upstate new york i'm in binghamton so this yep. is uh very far mm-hmm. <laughs> big wasn't quite in a smash as uh in binghamton as he was uh in brooklyn surprise um but i mean there obviously i mean there's people who listen to rap and you know my friend you know i had friends who were a little bit more into it and we're like, yo, you got to check this dude. You got to check this dude. And I was like, all right. And then I heard Big Papa. And I was like, smooth. smooth. He was a smooth, he was a smooth dude, like, yep. as, you, as you guessed. What, what was, like, a big rap album? What was big in rap in Binghamton? Like, what, yeah, who was big? Uh, what was big in Binghamton uh, when I was 13? Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang, okay. Yeah, yeah that was, it was big well, everywhere, I okay. assume. Yeah. You know? Bigger, I mean, I would go so far as to say, well, yeah, I would say Wu Tang was bigger than uh, than Biggie was when I was mm-hmm, thirteen, mm-hmm. fourteen. Years. The Rizza, the Jizza, yeah, Older yeah. Bastard, Old Dirty Bastard, Method Man, yeah, 
the, the they whole were around crew. first. Yeah, you know? so, yeah, uh-huh. and they had beef big in uh, big in Wu Tang, mm. all way back when. Um, you hear about you hear about that? Oh, Talk yeah. about it. Talk oh, about oh, it. Yeah, man. man. This no, was no. uh, you know, if you listen to uh, you know, as we delve off, but if you listen to uh, Raekwon's "Only Built for Cuban Links," mm-hmm. uh, Shark Biters, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. that track, he talks about how. They even, you know, say they even bit off a of Nas's shit. They even mm. bit off a of Nas's shit because oh, okay. he was saying how Big stole, or that's that was the idea. Or as was saying was that Big stole the picture of a baby as an album cover from Nas's Illmatic. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. So there was there was some static between the two. Um, Not Nas even talked about. He talked about it on the song after Big uh, was uh, was killed. That he talked about how you know they had you know like there was some type of beef between Big and Nas. They talked. Yeah. yeah talked so yeah. yeah, man. Kicking the door. Kicking the door. Waving the four mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, what was I going to say? And you know Nas was pretty tight with Wu at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he was one of the first Wu Gambino members. Nas Escobar. Yep. Uh, so they, uh, so there was, I think, some sort of, you know, I guess, defense of Nas okay. on behalf uh-huh. of uh-huh. Wu. So, uh, you know, but anyway, uh, yeah, Wu Tang was huge uh, in Binghamton at the time. Um, but there was, I mean, there were some people that were fucking with Big. Um, and now it's funny because I look back and listen to his shit now, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how. Amazing of an of an album that was. Also, is. Method Man is on that song. The what? The what? He is mm-hmm. He's on that. Yes, and in fact, I remember reading the interview. Um, well, one of the interviews about how Method Man was friends with everybody. Like mm-hmm. he was the yeah. you know he knew everybody. He was cool with everybody, and. You know, Ray and Ghost just didn't like anybody. Didn't like anyone. <laughs> <laughs> they were fucking with nobody. Well, like, that's not hard to believe. No, that's, that's even now with uh, with uh, what's his name? Uh, who's who's beefing with uh, the dude Martin Sh- Shrekle? Uh, that's Martin Shrekle. Yeah, Shrek. Yeah, who? Yeah, Ghost. It's ghost. Yeah, yeah. It's Ghost. Yeah. Which you know, yeah. man. It's not even. I mean, remember the good old days when rappers beefed? Yeah, rappers <laughs> now is dudes buying the albums, beefing with the the rappers. Yeah, beef. And I don't know why they keep going going after Ghost, man. That's not the dude. Yeah, not man. at all. I would. I would. <laughs> there's a lot I know of other that's people. Gonna be another full episode. It yeah, has to be. it I mean, has to be. I don't I know love who that guy. Yeah, oh, he's great, man. <laughs> I is. mean, the sidebar on Ghost is he <laughs> when he was supposed, when he was on couples therapy. Uh-huh. Uh Originally, he wanted to bring on three girlfriends. Oh, because he he's got three that's girlfriends. Wild, man. <laughs> wild, what man. what a, what a ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's, I just only picture like a VH1 exact coming up to him he's like, "Yo, I got we got this idea for a show." Uh-huh, and, you uh-huh. know, you got a girlfriend, and if you're having trouble with her, he's like, "Well, I got three of I them, three so I got I got problems with three of them." Is oh, it cool if I bring all three on? Yeah, They're like, "Wait, gosh. what the fuck?" Yeah, that's how Ghostface rolls, man. That is but, hilarious. Yeah, no, don't be for Ghost, man. That ain't that ain't gonna end well for you. Nope. Um, so, all right, let's let's get into uh uh the album. Best right? probably best rap album all fucking time, y'all. Which um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in fact, you wouldn't be too far fetched. Well, Rolling Stone had it as 133 on the top 500 albums of all time. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what? We'll put it up there in top ten. Nah, uh, yeah, definitely. Fuck man. that shit. Um, but yeah, it. Um, let's. Well, let's go through. Uh, let's go through the tracks. Yeah. Uh, 
what do we, well we had the intro mm-hmm. where again god damn it Valletta god damn it Valletta mm-hmm. why we, we will send this motherfucker to a group home yeah. <laughs> and that's well well about before that you have Puffy as dad uh-huh. which I was kind of like oh, that's I will when I was going back to listen to it again I was just like that's kind of weird because I just know everything about Puffy and his life now. but then at that time with all that like cursing and it was just amazing. Like mm-hmm. you were amazed at this as a kid. Like this was like, oh wow. yeah, it, wow, <laughs> <laughs> these words. Yeah. And and it was what was interesting though is I mean it really you know and that's what they say about a great album, mm-hmm. a classic album, is the tracks that you listen to you can fill in in between what's happening. Uh huh. Right? Uh-huh. So even when you listen to the intro and you hear I'm born. Right, mm-hmm. and then you hear "God damn it, Vlad!" You can fill in what happened in between that, right? And yeah. then, and then it gets into you know, yo, it's eighty-seven, man. We robbing this train. Yo, he, <laughs> he said, well, "I'm trying to figure out well, how did he say it? he was like, uh, it's eighty-seven. Your mother still give you fucking money or something like that." And I was like, "Yo, <laughs> or, my mom ain't giving me shit, man. Yeah. Fuck that shit." Yeah. yeah. His boys, his boys, not quite on board to, for the robbery. Nope. And then, yeah, nigga, it's eighty-seven. Are you dead broke? And I was like, yeah. yo, it's just, it just set like he what this album and even the intro, it it just set a picture like you every every word every you know was used in a sense to give you a great visual of what was going on mm-hmm. in his life or what was going on in the album at the time. So. And it's and it's crazy to to listen to that now and think like, yo man, there was a point in time where people were robbing trains. Yo, yep. like the entire train. If you ever talk to an old head who yep. grew up in in the city in the seventies and eighties, yep. like you literally like, yo, people was like, yo, I got paid and I would have to put my money in my socks mm-hmm. because these the stick up kids would you come on the train. You never knew it was coming. Yep. What's the what's the do? Uh, 80, uh Bernie gets. In the yep, '80s, yep. dude shot the shot the four kids. Like that's how real New yeah. York was, man. Like, yeah. and and it, it was just like in, in the '90s, like it, it kind of cleaned up a little bit, but it yeah. was still rough. But dude, you was getting on the train. You ain't know the Decepticons. You ain't know who was coming. <laughs> yeah, right. that's what it was. Because I mean, I would honestly say that around this time, this is the tail end of like madness. Right. Because. Mayor Giuliani was the mayor in New York City at that time, mm-hmm, and he cleaned mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. a lot of what was going on because at, there were certain days, like there were certain times you couldn't ride the train at night. Mm-hmm. That was just something you did not do. Yeah, it was right. wild. It was wild in the nineties. Because what uh, uh, Dinkins was, was David Dinkins was mayor from what eighty nine to ninety three. Yeah, and then Giuliani came in in ninety three, yep. and then yep. that's when that's when you saw like even shit something as simple as like uh, Times Square started like changing yeah cause Times Square was all porn it was not yeah. Disney yeah. like no. it is now it, uh-huh. was, it, was all, it was all porn and prostitutes and it was crazy it was a disgusting place mm-hmm. it was crazy right. but some people might say it was amazing and that <laughs> well, is fine that is if fine you're, yo, that's if what it's, it was if it's 87 <laughs> and you're robbing trains uh-huh. and you're like this is amazing, oh, yeah. amazing. I looked at the A train as an ATM that's yeah. where you would go after you, you robbed a train like, you, you, you go to you go yep. get some porn. So then, so then, after the train robbery, uh, then he goes to jail, mm-hmm. or then he's getting out, of jail, getting out of jail, and he's like, "Yo, I got big plans." Yeah, he's like, "You'll be back." They all back or something like that with the CLC. Yeah, yeah. he's like, "You." They always come back. They always come back. Man. You'll be you'll be back. 
you'll be back soon. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we get into things done changed. Yep. Which to me, yo, I'm I'm gonna keep real with y'all. That is one of the best songs I've ever listened to that comes out of an intro. Like, you know, you go from the intro to yep. the song the first yep. like he's like, Yo, back remember back in the days when niggas had waves, gazelle shades and corn braids, and it's just yep. like the visuals. Yep. Again, it's you know you paint pictures with words. Master storyteller, and it's like he, he, it's like that that first verse he tells you how you know whether it was the seventies or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know late seventies early eighties and how things were, and then he's like you'll turn your pages in nineteen ninety three niggas is getting smoked G believe me, and then he just starts talking about how bad yep. shit is now, yep. and you're just like yo, and it's. And I mean, we kind of, I mean, we hit the point a million times, but yeah, the 90s, the early 90s in New York was a fucking wild place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you didn't know when it was coming. Mm-hmm. And Definitely was. there was dudes like this who were talking about their lives and how mm-hmm. crazy and how, and that's the other thing too that we were talking about is uh, before we were on the show on, on the air, but just how stressful and how depressed this dude was that he's painting on this album. Mm-hmm. My mom's got cancer in her breast. Mm-hmm. Like these are the things that are weighing on this dude's head. This is why I'm out in the street because mm-hmm. I do not see an option and I'm ready to die. Mom's you got know? cancer in her breast. Don't ask me why I'm motherfucking stressed. Things done changed. What? Like how do you you close out a, your first, the first song with something that like that real? Yeah. And. And then I get like, and you know, yo, shouts out to the fucking select, like the lineup of this album. And then it just seamlessly goes into give me the loot yep. mm-hmm. because you got this, you got this stressed out kid mm-hmm. who's just like, yo, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do in my life, but I do know this. I'm going to start robbing motherfuckers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what get and the my, t- my favorite part about give me the loot is how it goes from young, like the young biggie, like biggie. That's him. That's him. Yep. To regular Biggie, and it's just like, it, it's just like, wow. It's, I mean, he he changes. You know, obviously you hear, you know, it's him, right? But you hear like, you know, motherfucking right. My pocket's looking kind of tight, and I'm stressed. Yo, Biggie, let me get yep. like it's no need for that. Yeah, just grab the fucking gat. First pocket that's fat. The check is to his back. Like it, it, and, and you know, even even the the shootout at the end of that song yeah. with the cops, like you know, like a true motherfucker going out for the loop. And it's, but it and again, just as you know, you were saying, like as a master storyteller, yep. mm-hmm. he's able to create these two characters mm-hmm. in a song mm-hmm. that are out there robbing people and yep. he's doing it with rap mm-hmm. and it's, just it's superior wordplay yeah superior and <laughs> it's just they weren't and it's and it's crazy too because like you know i you know i live in brooklyn and this is one of those albums that you still hear around yeah You'll and you'll always hear it around. Like you will hear it out of a car, man. I, I last night I was hanging out with some people who are from are from Philly, Philadelphia. My man uh, Reggie Conquest, he's okay, a cool mm-hmm. dude. Uh, yeah. And and uh, Reggie was like, "Yo, Lawrence, man." He's like, "Yo, you need to listen to this Meek Mill. You need to listen to this Meek Mill." And I was like, "Nah, dude, I'm listening to Biggie." He was like, "Yo, you Brooklyn dudes, all y'all want to do is listen to Biggie and Fab. All you guys want to do is listen to Biggie and Fabulous, man." He said, "I hate all you." Like, but it's that's what we listen to. It's it's big. That'll never get old, man. 
and and it's crazy too because you uh uh and you you'll see and this is kind of a little sidebar but you see biggie murals around here right of course of course all over the place there's one oh, in lafayette mm-hmm. um and i'm pre- i'm pretty sure there's another one um over on fulton um but there's murals of biggie in like the soviet union <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're around the world mm-hmm. this guy who didn't grow up too far from here. Like it's it, and that's one of the crazy things I think about this album, what it inspired, and how many people just have listened to it across the world. You know? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's one of the it, the, the, the ready to die. Like there, like it seems like you know when the the big the J the Nas is like their first work is like high, so highly regarded. Yeah. Like you know, uh, oh yeah, reasonable doubt. Uh, right. You know, Illmatic, uh, ready to die. Like. You know, those are albums that transcend. Like thirty years later, you know, you, people are it's still, still gonna. It still holds up. Yeah, it still holds. It up. still holds up. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, and that's the and that's the. I mean, that's really the definition of a classic. Mm-hmm. Is will you listen to this fifteen years from now, twenty yeah. years from now, and to show how old we are, this yeah. album's damn near twenty years old. Twenty years know? old. <laughs> and and it, it was groundbreaking, and you know, it's like. It's just crazy because, uh, like that that album, it it's like he's just consistent with everything he says. Like he never changed things up and was like, oh, you know that you know that wasn't me. I wasn't really a hustler. No, this this is exactly mm-hmm. who he was mm-hmm. from start to finish. He never backpedaled mm-hmm. on anything he said. I believe one of his quotes <laughs> were, "If I worked at McDonald's, I'd be rapping about French fries and chicken nuggets." Yeah. But yeah. yo, man, I'm out in these streets, man. He put this out. He made this album when he was 21, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it's funny they, they said uh, the, uh, when he when he first recorded it, uh, Puff was like, you know, he was very nervous yeah. and 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 um, I think kind of paranoid a little bit in the studio. He wasn't he wasn't able to fully get it together. And then when they came back and then they recorded the rest of it, it was like, yo, this dude's like, a, it's night and day. And even if you watch the, the Biggie uh, movie or whatever that they did, you saw it in the movie. Like, he just didn't really know how to command the, the, the mic or the, in the studio time. And then he just came back and it was like, he's fucking knocking this out the park. Like, because he was, at the time, he was broke. Like, when you mm-hmm. talk about their first work, like him... Mm-hmm. And and Nas and Jay Z, mm-hmm. they weren't getting money like that yet, so mm-hmm. they were they were hungry. Hungry. I mean, you hear you hear it in that dude. You hear it in all like all the songs. And, yeah, and then with him, it's like he was still in the streets while the album was like mm-hmm. being made. Mm-hmm. So at one point, it was like he had a decision to either like do this rapping thing mm-hmm. or continue to get money in the streets. Continue. And Puff Puff pulled him back. Puff yeah. was like, yo, we well, can't blow this opportunity. Is, uh, <laughs> as the story goes, is that Puff yeah. was uh, working at... Uh, oh, Uptown? Yeah, it was yep. Uptown. His, his A&R yeah. Uptown. His <laughs> A&R Uptown. <laughs> yep. And he was yeah. putting together the... And that's how far... That's fucking nuts to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. But he was doing an A&R <laughs> Uptown. And um, he was working on the album with Big, and then he got fired. Yep. yep. And mm-hmm. that's when Big was like, "I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do." And yep. that's when he started hustling. He was yeah, down north down south. Yeah, he went down south and uh, and uh, make some raw power moves. Yep. And Puff what got the bad boy stuff yep. popping, and then he got him out of it or whatever, and or tried to get him out, and and then he just you know made the this this classic. Yeah. And 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 that's. And it is it's a motherfucking class, but we got so then we went from uh, "Give Me the Loot" 
to uh, Machine Gun Funk, which again, uh, which more more of a, a hip hop song, like it's more of an up tempo, like yeah, these bitches, big booty bitches, like yeah, like it was. Yeah, all I want is bitches, big booty bitches. Used to sell crack, so I could stack my riches. Like, yeah, I mean, it it was. I live for the funk. I died for the yep. like. It was a, easy mobi on production. Yeah, and it's and it's great. I mean, and that's and that's the other thing too about this album is that like, you have a song like Machine Gun Funk, mm-hmm. which uh, you know, it's about a fucking gun. But he was such a talented, like charming individual that he could talk about that. Uh And you go, oh, okay. Uh I live for the funk. I I die for the funk. funk. I live for the funk. Like, Mm -hmm. it was, um, it was, it, when I, I like, that's actually, uh, it was actually my ringtone for a while. For a while, yeah. Yeah, the hook. Machine Gun Uh Funk was uh my, was my ringtone. And I made a promise to myself. That uh, regardless of how successful I may or may not become, okay. I will always have a rap ringtone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Machine Gun Funk will still be in rotation. Oh, nice. for sure. <laughs> you know that's <laughs> that's just a commitment I make to myself, Neil. You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, after that, we get into what is it? Warning, dude. Oh, which just, just the opening is like a yeah. classic. Like, who the fuck is this? Paging me at 546 in the morning Crack of dawn Now I'm yawning Wipe the cold on my eyes Which And again Like now I mean That's another song That just plays like a Plays like a story Like a short story Yeah like you could totally see that in a movie Like a long You know 546 Wipe Getting up Cold in your eyes Trying to see who's paging you It's like Wow and now again shows uh shows how dated that is with my pager. pagers. <laughs> pagers. <laughs> but we didn't know. Did, mm. We thought this was gonna be technology forever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's two or thi- three pages. Yeah, for <laughs> all your different bitches. You mm. gotta have pages for one and pages for the other. I get it. Mm-hmm. So but again, and the video the video is fucking amazing, amazingly done as well. Mm-hmm. Um but what what's great about this song is the ending. Oh yeah, yeah. Where uh, well, you and again as uh, as Puff has been known to appear on this album at several different junctures. <laughs> yep. Um, who uh, eloquently was called out by Suge at some point in mm-hmm. the Source Awards. Uh, shows my age. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you have dude. Yo, mm-hmm. yo, you saw this big script. Mm-hmm. Got a dot on your head. Oh shit! And then and then closes it out, man. Yeah. And that so so we get we get through we get through warning, and then that's when we get into ready to die, which which was one of the songs that um, I listened to in listened to a lot because I really felt like that. I mean, it's the name of the album, but mm-hmm. like. You really that's the snapshot of who this guy is. Right. You know what I mean? Uh who he doesn't everything that's coming his way, he doesn't give a fuck about. But it he, wasn't a single though. No, mm. no. Yeah. It wasn't a single. Mm. But um like I felt like like that was the dude who, you know, you were throwing shit at him and he didn't care about it because Nothing else mattered in his life. It was this like nihilistic standpoint that he was taking about I don't know 
life as a whole, but it was it was one of the it was so the whole just that that song and just like a lot of the mood of the album was just like you said it was so somber like it was like what's going like what mm-hmm. what's going on but you know what you look at it and you hear and if you compare it to like rock albums of that in that era like a lot of those rock albums are were totally depressing yeah but yeah. it's just it's just because you know the rap connotation and you know and and of where he grew up and all the shit everyone looks at it like okay wow this is too much but dude that music in the, in the 90s and 80s and 70s depressing but mm-hmm. <laughs> rap got the connotation and you know being bad and and also i think it it's one of those things too where like rap is such heavily emphasis on word mm-hmm. on spoken word and mm-hmm. what you're saying Definitely. that you paint those like Biggie's painting those pictures with words mm-hmm. so I think that strikes a little bit more to home than it does with like a rock song that's mm-hmm. like I don't you know that's right. my rock impression but um, <laughs> and you have a bunch of instruments surrounding you, yeah. what you're saying as well you exactly know? where I mean this is more emphasis on what you're saying mm-hmm. you know um, but it wasn't all gloom and doom for uh, Big on this album no. because as we talked about before Big did a lot of fucking uh, and this album made it clear with uh, One More Chance uh, which opens with a flurry of messages left by well, even even the even the little kid, uh, the answer machine. Oh, you hoes calling here for my daddy? That was get his off daughter. his dick, right. like that, mommy. Like <laughs> that was his daughter. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the daughter. Yeah, that was his baby girl. Uh-huh. And I've wa- I've always wondered, um, were those messages? I wonder if those were actual real messages. That those chicks left that he just played. I wonder that too. I've I've thought about that. Yeah, I wonder about that too. Like as to you know, and I, I mean, and I'm sure those are inspired <laughs> by true events. Oh yeah, hi yeah. daddy, this yeah. Thais. Like I was like, yo, this yeah. girl is real. Like this, she can't be faking this. <laughs> this is a girl who got picked up on Fulton Street. Yeah, and man. You saw him outside in a coochie sweater. Yeah, I was bro. like, oh, this nigga got money. Yeah, and then and it was on. So, but yeah, I mean, and that's the other layer to uh, to Big Two was that yeah, you, your boy was picking up some chicks, man. Mm-hmm. He was a ladies' man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was definitely a smooth dude, and you know, I heard that from like one of my cousins. Like Big Big tried to pick up one of my cousins, man. Okay, it, it was oh, wow. crazy, and she was like, "Yeah, I was, I was like in Bloomingdale's trying on a dress." And he just came out of nowhere and was like, "You look really good in that." And hilarious. It was just—it was hilarious, though. Now, I mean, she's got like three kids now, but hey, that was—I was well. Then. I was gonna ask, was <laughs> was big successful? Because well, how did, how far did that go? No, she he wasn't successful because okay. she just figured that since he was a rapper, that he was full of shit anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she was like, he was very charming. And right. he was a very charismatic dude. Which and is, everyone says that about Everyone him. says mm-hmm. that. When I've run into people, they, that's the first thing that they say. Like, he's always he's always been a cool dude, and he's charismatic. Mm-hmm. And, Amazing. And can and can work the room. Yep. And, yep. and uh, you know, it comes back to that, uh, well, the story of how he met Faith Evans. 
they were in the car together and she was like he just kept cracking jokes the entire ride mm-hmm, and i was mm-hmm. like i i love this dude he's, mm-hmm. ama- he's an amazing person um but he uh big loved a lot of the ladies uh as one more chance eloquently put him. it mm-hmm. and they loved him too like i said like if you wanted like i was in high school so if you wanted the girls to hate you talk bad about big Mm. Talk bad about Big, talk bad about Pac. You will Mm -hmm. not have one female that cares about your life Mm. in high school. Like that's that's what it was. That's what it was around that time. And that's what it was. And it's funny because um after one more chance comes uh the fuck me interlude with with Lil' Kim, Kim, who cared about Big a lot. Yeah. Uh she really was uh into dude. And basically, this is just them fucking like yep. that's 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 the fuck me interlude. Uh, yeah. Really pretty straightforward, straight to the point. Um, it didn't really didn't leave much to the imagination. Fuck me, you black hilarious. Kentucky fried chicken <laughs> eating <laughs> gangster <laughs> killing. <laughs> you <laughs> ma- mafia, black fat mafia. <laughs> Motherfucker, Where you V8 juice drinking, <laughs> pure, fast. pure comedy, <laughs> pickle juice pure comedy. drinking, chicken grizzle eating. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I can remember listening to that with a bunch of my friends, and we were just dying laughing. Yeah, like, that was just the funniest thing we had ever heard. It was hilarious. I'm telling you, at 10, I, I definitely like, I knew, I knew they was fucking, and I knew, like, if my mother heard this, that tape was not letting coming oh, yeah. out the. Confiscated. That, no, I was getting confiscated, yep. skated immediately, man. Well, that was that's what I was gonna say to you is when uh, Mom agreed to buy this album. Did she look at the back? Nah, you know, I think I think she got hooked. Me. I think she got caught off the the juicy, like you said. I think it was mm. the juicy. It was like you know the radio spins. So she, you know, she agreed to you know buy it, and I, I think that's what. So it was it was interesting to hear it and then know like yo if my mom finds out what's really going on she yeah. might like nah, trip. be on board yeah. for that yeah and I, it's yeah it's I fun. Can really, like I, no go ahead, uh, uh, no, go ahead. I, was, I was gonna say is is like the fuck me interlude is because my mom hates rap music mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. with a passion the fuck me interlude is what my mom thinks every rap song. For real, just every song. I agree. I agree with that statement. Is the yeah. same thing for me. Same yeah. thing for me. Mom thinks that that's every rap song is just uh, Biggie fucking Lil Kim, uh, and that's all it'll ever be for her. But uh, and then uh, after that, we get into uh, the only song that had anyone featured on it that rapped. Uh, the what? The what? With Method Man. Method Man. Um. Another, I mean, I mean, these are all fucking stellar tracks, and yeah. that's more of the, I mean, you know, Machine Gun Funk was a pretty, I guess, hip hop leaning upbeat song, mm-hmm. and the What was um, much in the same vein, I think, you know, because I mean, if you're on a track with Method Man, it's gonna be you trading bars back and forth, mm-hmm. right? You know, and this is a song that we thought was gonna be a video. We were like, "Oh, this is gonna be." Crazy. Oh, that would have been it's such a dope crazy. video, man. Yeah. I got more Glocks and Texts than you. I'll make it so hot they can't stand next to you. Fucking just... In, and and again, uh, uh, what am I going to say? Big Big went back and forth with Method Man. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, fast forward in the tape, uh, you know, they even say on, what was it, a Notorious Thugs that Big out... Bone to bone. Oh my God! Let me <laughs> and, that, and that's you know life after. Let me tell you something. We 
that that album came out in '97 uh, on my birthday, March 25th, 1997. And I, I know this is about ready to die, but no, you could, when you could, when you yeah. when you talk about just the verse, like we would play ball and we would just spit. We would try to like spit Big's verse. On the dangerous, ain't too many can bang with us. Yep. And then like. Oh my god! I, to this day, I know that that one verse, and then when Bone, you know, like the first Bone dude's verse, a little and seven hitting woke up, and then after that, you'd be like, Nah, I'm done, man. I'm <laughs> that, that right there is a Brooklyn statement. That is a very a Brooklyn. Brooklyn statement. That's a very That's very Brooklyn statement. Feel. You know Big's verse, you know the first Bone, and then like the second, the after that, it's just like I might just skip to I think Sky's the Limit or something like that. It's after that, and <laughs> to then, get, get into that, yeah. So. And he could, and that's the other thing too about um, Big as a sidebar is that on the most pop tracks, mm-hmm. you could put him on and they would be great. Like, yeah, they'd be dope pop tracks. Mm-hmm. And then when you want to hear uh, Everyday Struggle, mm-hmm. you know, you've got this fucking great song that's I don't want to live no more. Yep. Like the stuff that was video worthy, it's still hard. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. still hard and it still holds up. Like mm-hmm. his 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 lyrical prowess is just consistent all the way through. Yeah, and on a pop track and yep. then, you know that's they say like you know there's that there's that rare artist that uh you know uh will have those hard-spitting tracks on pop albums, you know, like mm-hmm. Jay J does it, uh Eminem, well that's just what he is. But Big was one of them too, man. And I mean like we get into we get into juicy, which mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to talk about a song that if you want to talk about a crossover song mm-hmm. that you could hear at the grimiest club, oh yeah, and then you could go to a bar on the Upper East Side, yeah, no, I- and white girls will uh, sing that song. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they edit out if you don't know now you know, no, nigga. Yeah, uh, sometimes they will, sometimes they won't, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, it's, you're really hard pressed to find someone who doesn't really know the first verse of that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many t-shirts have you seen that have, it was all a dream, it was yep. All a dream. Yep. on the front and you know exactly what they're talking it's about. It's just that iconic. Yeah. You know? it, it's I, crazy. When I was in, when I was uh, graduating college, uh, and this is like, uh, 2006, uh, I would go to this bar and every you know majority you know white kids couple black kids and this was where uh, was as SUNY Brockport is upstate New York western New York uh, by like Rochester and Buffalo yep. and when Juicy would come Juicy would still come on and it was like you said it was it was an anthem it yep. was people loved it yep. and we and we all knew it and the video was amazing mhm you know you got uh you got homeboy doing the pull-ups off the uh mhm off the uh Traffic light. Uh-huh. You don't see too much anymore. Nope. You don't. <laughs> That's a. Uh... I used to see a lot. <laughs> not, not, so, <laughs> not so much not so now. Much now. I mean, back in the nineties, yeah, that was you know. That's there was no planet. There was no planet nope, fitness. That's hilarious, not. man. No yeah. crunch. No crunch. Kids, kids didn't play in the playground. Uh-huh. You kidding me? It was all thug dudes working out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there wasn't. Uh, there was just a lot of uh, pull ups on the on the uh, monkey bars, uh-huh. shit like that. And uh, that's that's like one of the things I remember from that video. And uh, and also uh, mom kissing him on the cheek. Yep. Valletta Valletta made an appearance. God damn it, Valletta! <laughs> we send him to the, we send him to a group home. I know every, every or time. Oh. Send him 
the boarding school. Every time I see Valletta, like no matter what the scenario is, like you know, especially after, like I couldn't, like I would just see Valletta and I'd just be like, God damn it, Valletta! Like I just want to like, <laughs> like, tell her ever, that if, if I ever her. see it, yeah, yep. if I ever meet her, I just want to be like, God damn it, Valletta! Like she's gonna know what <laughs> I'm talking about. Definitely. Yeah, but. she she'll know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't recommend saying it to her if you no, see it. I you know what I mean? No, she no. might feel some sort of way. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that's a very iconic moment mm-hmm. for, for you. Goddamn yes. Valletta! Goddamn Valletta! Um, and then oh, then we get into uh, well, then we get into everyday struggle. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I don't want to live no more. Death knocking at the front door. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's my favorite? Wait, I'm trying to figure because there was uh, there was um. I'm, uh, my man, wait up! No, no, no! I'm trying to figure out what was the line that he said that. Was, oh yeah, her tech got murdered in the town. I never heard about some bitch named Alberto over nickel plated burners, and I was like, ooh, just the way he spit it, man! It was the wordplay was ridiculous, man. Ridiculous, man. My man, two techs. He totes two techs. Yeah, he smokes crazy. And he asks who's next. <laughs> Which and yeah. that's the other thing is that uh, he you know uh, he was the hood Alfred Kit Alfred Hitchcock yeah man. but he had you know he just had a sense of humor about mm-hmm. it too you know and with that painting that fucking picture that's a skill lyricist like you can you know you can you can be funny sometimes and Eminem he does it too well yeah and I mean he's a, Jay <laughs> they do Jay's got they a good sense a of humor. humor in there and it really goes to show like the level of their intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like these are really smart dudes. Yeah, man. I mean, uh despite uh what uh the teachers told him that he was never going to amount to nothing when he was in school. <laughs> yep. As as uh as stated on Juicy, which I wonder sometimes about those teachers that uh cuz that's true like yeah. I, I mean, Jesus Christ, man. We're talking public school in 90s we'll say L- late 80s early i was 90s. gonna say like for big yeah like yeah it's like like mid to late 80s mid to late 80s early mm-hmm. 90s well mid to late 80s public school new york Horrible. there had to have like and it's funny because you know i teach and you just you couldn't imagine a, a teacher saying that to a kid mm-hmm. but nah I'm sure there's teachers back then who were just like, "Oh yeah, nah, nigga, oh, you yeah. ain't shit." I can I can totally speak to that. I had <laughs> I had a few teachers that would tell me things like that, mm-hmm. like wring the collar of my shirt and things like that. And I was a good kid. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, just as a quick side note, I would be like, "You know, my mom's is gonna fuck you up with parent teachers, right?" Yeah. And then they, my mom would come down, and that would happen. But it was it was awful. Yeah. It was awful in the '90s. It was that was. That's, that was accurate because that was in the movie too, mm-hmm. and that was accurate. Well, yeah, and then that was of course it then shows uh, big uh, uh, talk about uh, or in the movie. Uh, I think the teachers like you know you're not gonna uh, you're gonna be a garbage man yep. or whatever, and then yep. big figures out that a garbage man makes more than a teacher, and he's like, ah, oh, looks like it's not too bad being a garbage mm-hmm. man, which is true. Which uh, yeah, yeah, they that do. Is true. They they do make more than fucking teachers, um. But where are we on our okay? Can I mention one thing real quick? You can mention that you. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I know. Neil, I know. You're I just, co-host, cause dude. I, you can yeah, do because you want. I thought of something and I was like, you know what? The first time that we actually heard big was partying bullshit. Partying bullshit, and yeah. that was on the Who's the Man soundtrack, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that is officially when 
people went crazy because mm-hmm. they were like, yo, I need this. I People would buy the whole soundtrack for that song. Which uh, which is so crazy to think back in the day that that's how albums would work sometimes where mm-hmm. you're just like, yeah, there's a bunch of trash songs. Oh, this, totally. But that one song I want. Soundtracks yo, were different sound- back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Because, oh, They didn't even make, I mean, do they even put out soundtracks like that anymore? It's not like that anymore. No. Like no, things like the Nutty Professor, what those soundtracks, like they were a few gems that were on that, mm-hmm. and you had to have it, and mm-hmm. you had to have the entire album to get that song. You had to slug, <laughs> you had to slug through the bullshit. You to, had to pay twenty plus dollars at Sam Goody, and that was just you just you had well, to eat that. You had to eat, you had to eat, eat that, eat, mm-hmm. and you had to, yep. you had to love the song. You yep. had to figure out. A way to love the other songs, right? And they, that was that, and that was like in '93 mm-hmm. when that mm-hmm. came out. Now we should probably skip through because uh, we're about uh, we're about to head out, but we got a couple tracks to get through. Sure. So we'll get to let's say let's do uh, what is it? Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Oh. Big Biggie Smalls is this? Which another uh, premiere uh, was on that. So if you want to talk hip hop, like yep. that's your. That's the staple mm-hmm. when it comes to 90s Absolutely. New York rap, New York hip hop, is and you get Premiere to make you a uh, beat. And I also read that um, Premiere did that song as a favorite of Puff. Oh, what? really? Okay. For $5,000. A $5,000 favorite? Yep. Wow. Oh, so like he could have <laughs> gotten, he could have right. gotten like 20 or, is that right. what you're saying? Like favor wise? But he, he got more and then he did. But he owed Puff a favor, and he was like, all right, we're going to do this for that, and had no clue how big this would be. Mm. No clue. Which, uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, and that's actually another ringtone I have on this. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. Biggie Smalls is is the illest. And... Yeah, if you want to talk a pure, you know, La from Bedford Stuyvesant, the loudest one, yep. representing BK. If there was any doubt, you really, he really dispelled any doubt of where he was from. Oh, yeah, of course. You knew he was from Throughout yep. the entire album. Yep. Like, he, he became I mean, everyone's cousin, everybody's friend. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew him in some way. Like, oh, that yeah. He was I'm, that dude. He was the real mayor mm-hmm. of Brooklyn. Oh, I'm sure, time. man. Mm. Well, I mean, you look at, you know, uh, I mean, you look at when he passed away, mm-hmm. how crazy it got when they played, what was it, Hypnotize? Yep. yep. Someone pulled Hypnotize, like, mm-hmm. Boombox, and right in the streets, man. I remember when that happened, like, when he passed, literally, people were crying in the halls mm-hmm. of of the school in high school. Like people were crying in the halls. Like they personally knew him. And, yeah, I mean, know, this was, it was the big. It was it was huge. I mean, I feel like such a I feel like a gentrifier by saying it, but yeah, man, that's the heart and soul of Brooklyn mm-hmm. right yeah. there. Was that dude and yeah, what he represented? And you're hard pressed to find a you're hard to I mean. You're hard pressed to find a, a big hater here. No, yeah, that's you, hard. Not. That's damn you near might, detrimental to you, your health. You mm-hmm. might here. Find it, it's, you'll find it's a weird, J hater. Like you, I think you yeah. might be able to pick one out of a crowd. Yeah, but I, but a, a big hater, and I don't know if it's because he's passed away. That might be uh, something for debate, but you ain't gonna find it. Like, yeah, I think the only people that truly may not like big, obviously, would be like pop, like faithful. 
Faithful pop yeah. fans. Faithful yeah. pop fans. Uh, but yeah. other than that, like, if you're from Brooklyn and you don't like Big, then, you know, I you're think. You're not from Brooklyn. Yeah, you can't be from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. No, that's a lie. Yeah. Those were fighting words. <laughs> them's um, them's the fighting words, mm-hmm. son. Yep. Um, so we get to the, we get to the end of the, we get to the end of the album, um, with Suicidal Thoughts, mm-hmm. which is the most depressing song Dude. I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, um, I skip it. I do it comes, too. I, I try not to listen to it either. I don't like listening to it. Yeah. Um, even when I'm depressed, like when I'm depressed, like oh, I want to listen to some sad shit. I'm like, mm-hmm. I not can't because that. that's not <laughs> yeah. what he talk, I, well, he talked about. He his, uh, his girl was pregnant, and then he got he got the sister pregnant, and like you're like yo, and Puff was like yo big, yo big, yo big, and then yep. they let the in phone. to life uh, uh, life after death. Uh, they they let in with uh, that yo big yo big yo big like so it's it's as a, as a song I mean it's a it's a great written song it's a lot of great visuals but I don't like yeah to it. Right. I I don't like I can't Neil mm-hmm. do you get into but it's, that nah not really I mean it's just that it it plays back to the title and it tells this story mm-hmm. and then you know I'm, it's ready to die and then the last track is suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and, and it comes it back full circle mm-hmm. the birth and then the death you know and that was and i i want to say that was big's idea actually uh suicidal thoughts um the the tra- the, the whole conceptual idea of doing that where he's like yo puff i should mm-hmm. kill myself at the end of this album <laughs> <laughs> and he's like that's brilliant. I know. Puff was probably just like, yo, just let me be in the video while you're killing yourself. <laughs> you know, I need that. I need this, man. Oh, man. Yo, just put the, like, when you shoot yourself, so, put the camera cam- on my face. Yeah, put the camera on my face. Die. Crazy. <laughs> so they can see my emotional reaction yeah, to your bro. death. Yeah. And the phone will fall to the ground. Which is the, like, to be honest, that's, like, the, the creepiest part is when you hear the phone fall mm-hmm, at the end mm-hmm. of the song. And you're like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. This guy was in a real bad fucking place. Uh, he but, was consistent with that, though. What, being in a bad place? Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. He uh, he yeah, partied he, a little bit, but then he went right back to that place. He definitely was. <laughs> he was not a happy person. That well, didn't sound like a happy it, camper. He, I think he uh, it, he did this first album is very dark, and then yeah. I think what I don't know if Puff got it into his head or Big realized that life is good, and then like you saw the transition yeah. to the next album where and it, you know what? And I'll be honest with you guys, I listened to Life After Death a lot more. During certain parts of my life, because it was much more right. positive and upbeat. But when you listen to Ready to Die, you're just like, I'm like, I'm in a space sometimes yeah. that I need to hear this dark shit. Right. Yeah, man. And it also, I mean, it and it really just kind of speaks to the voice that's not spoken. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the guy who's like, people don't want to hear that shit. Yes. No one wants to hear, it, especially from, you know, a a black dude living in Brooklyn. They're not trying to hear anything how that. Dude feels nope. and then second the second album like marketing also kicked in too mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. at that point Puff was like this was this was phenomenal mm-hmm. so we're gonna spin it like this mm-hmm. like this is what we're gonna do that's how it went man yeah it's album now sales. uh now we we're about we're about to uh wrap this up but uh, Lawrence what we have at the end of each show is we have this uh uh. Te- uh we have a top uh, section of the show called Top Five. Mm-hmm. Right now, we pick 
you know, Neil or I will pick a uh, uh, a category of your top five. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not just top five dead or alive. Okay. So since and I'm I'm gonna go this first episode. Since it's been the '90s, um, your top five rap, <clears throat> your top five rappers from the '90s, from the '90s, yep. uh, from '90 to '99. Oh, this is so crazy because uh, Big obviously is number one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and it, I, you know, as much as I want to say Nas towards the the end when he started doing Nostradamus. Like he kind of like I didn't like that that period, so I'm gonna go J. Okay. So Big J, uh, Nas definitely three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Pac is four. Okay. Uh, and fifth, and I know this is on uh, DMX, man. Oh wow. Yeah, oh, X X is my in my like from in the '90s. Like yeah, he went through that. Like he dropped what two albums basically in a year stretch. He did platinum. Yeah. So yeah, it would, it would be Big J, Nas, Pac, DMX. Okay, that's a solid. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, that's. I'll give the. I'll give you that. Not that's that. that's that's yeah. chalk. Like that's like and and that's and in, in, in the sports world they call it like when you pick players it's like chalk it's like those are the those were the flag bearers like there's no like word you you went you know mm-hmm, what i'm saying like mm-hmm. you went i don't know uh you went old dirty bastard like it was like to me it was like <laughs> yeah i guess i better redo mine then no as, <laughs> no no <laughs> i shouldn't rethink mine is what you're saying uh, as a kid as a teenager in the 90s like those were the guys that i listened to and you know Pac machiavelli and you know all all his stuff and all eyes on me like those were Transcendent albums that I can listen to today and be like, "Yo, right. this shit's great." Classics mm-hmm. still holds up. All right, you know? Neil, top five from the nineties. Oh man, um, that's that's kind of difficult for me because um, when you say like the nineties, oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, I would say my number one for me back then, uh, it was Nas. Okay. It was Nas. Nas. I mean, I feel like. Um, Illmatic just trumps all because he had a few albums where it was a little bit questionable. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. trying different things, and you know, but still, it's like I, that. It just really spoke to me. There know? was some shiny suit business that happened, if I remember. But then correctly. that was kind of what people started to do. It, it became the shiny suit. The, era. Yeah, it became like the rich gangster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was kind of thing that they used to push. Because before that, it was like dancing and partying. Mm-hmm. Then it was like the gangster and the killer. And then it was like, you know, the pretty, pretty gangster. Yep. Who, who would drink champagne and then kill you later or something. <laughs> but that was just, that was that. So that's my, that's my number one. And my number two, people going to be so mad at me for even saying this, is my, t- my number two was Jay. Jay-Z was my number two. And being from Brooklyn, you would get a lot of flack from that. You'd be like, what you putting this Queens dude up there number? Nah, man. I mean. Mm-hmm. So Nas over Jay. Nas over Jay. I was man. just a huge fan of Nas. So and, uh, sidebar, that's just who, won, who, won that, who won that battle? Oh, that. I know that's a <laughs> that whole That was another, like 2000 or so, right? Um, it could be. It could be, but... um. Oh, man. I'm trying to think back, but I, I believe that Nas won that. You're going with Nas I'm that? going with Nas. Nas won that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the ether. It was the ether. That burned slow in his world. Yeah. All right, so you got Nas, Jay. Yep. You, got another, you got number three. 
people gonna hate me for this too. Number three was B.I.G. What? Yeah, After right. wow. But what <laughs> it was? An here's hour and change here's what I know. Was. I know. But here's what it was yeah, is that three. I, you know, and I, I blame this a lot. Like on my youth is I really didn't appreciate Ready to Die the way that I should have as a kid mm. because because you know, you're being a kid enjoying your life. Kind of, but then at the same time, it was like because everybody loved it. Like, you couldn't say one bad Same thing about one. the album, and that annoyed me because I felt ah. like these are just people just drinking the Kool-Aid. You right. Know what yeah, I mean? There were a few that. songs that I liked, but it wasn't necessarily the songs that they played on the radio because I was sick of some of them. I was I was sick of Juicy because I would hear that like 80 times a day you know on Hot 97. It was just too much. It was burning my skull, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really a big fan of it to be just to begin with. So I really didn't give that album the chance that I should have. And as a you know, as an adult, when I started listening to it again, then I could really appreciate like his lyricism and the story he was trying to paint and everything. So that was my youth right there that kinda did me in Okay. Okay. So that's three. Yep. Big number three. You got four and five yep. from the nineties. Now number four, that would be Pac. Okay. Tupac was number four for me. So you have and, a little um, mashup. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, we got the top four. I mean, we got the same top four. It's just in different orders. It's yeah. just in a different no, I, order. Yeah, but I mean, it's obviously, rank. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, rank is that's the thing. I mean, yep. Your rank is. And my number five. This is gonna throw a lot of people off, and that's fine. I honestly would have ranked him higher, um, but I was really a big fan. Number five. KRS-One. KRS-One. Wow. Yep. Out, of, out of nowhere. A, uh, a staple. Because if you, if you talk to me, like, in, I would say, like, 91, 92, then mm-hmm. I would have probably had KRS as, like, number one. Mm-hmm. He was my favorite wow. rapper back then. And he was, uh, and he, he was, yeah, and that was the other thing, too. I mean, we are saying about the 90s is how important it was that your lyrics were on point. On point. And that dude. Because he had been doing it since the 80s. Oh, and, man. you know, yeah. not to say that he fell a couple spots. It's just that I was listening to these other guys more. Right. And mm-hmm. that's 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 why. But he still has to be included in my list, and he always will be. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, my top five from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh Jay's going to be number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, reason being, I remember seeing, I, I remember seeing, um, uh, what was it? Sprung. Remember the video he did? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. was it? Never Sprung. That one. And I was like, that's the coolest dude I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. He's so cool. Yeah, Holy shit. This guy's amazing. Yeah. And then I remember seeing, and I've never, if either of you can find this, I will pay you handsomely for this. MTV, I remember watching, I was 16 years old, and MTV had the entire video of where I'm from. Okay. Now, when you watch Streets is Watching, you only get the first verse, I think. Okay. But this was the whole video. Mm. He did the whole thing, all you know, and that's a long song. That's like a four and a half minute song, right? Yeah. But I watched the entire video, and I only saw it once. Mm-hmm. Never saw it again. That's almost like talking mm. about Protect Your Neck Yeah. Uh, yeah. with Wu-Tang. It. It, it just I in never the junkyard. It's in the <laughs> it's di- rare. It's, it's mad rare. Gone. And like yep. you'll never see it again. Like the box, you know, if you the can bo- find yep. find the box somewhere, right? Oh and you'll God. it'll be on there. Yep. But the, I remember seeing that video and I was like, this is the dopest shit I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. It was four minutes of just unadulterated dope. Um so Jay will always be number one and you know, just the bulletproof confidence, like 
It's as though he knew from the first day. He's like, I got this. Yep. And you guys get to watch me do this. Check this out. Uh, so then number two, um, I go with the Jizza. Jizza? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, Wu-Tang was yeah. so prevalent in mm-hmm. me listening to rap in the 90s that I was so into Wu-Tang. And Jizza was probably... One of my favorite members out of the Wu. Um, Old Dirty Bastard always have a special place in my heart. I feel like he's a very misunderstood person. I must say, I really look forward. I hope somebody picks Liquid Swords. I really, oh, I really I hope, hope so. I, I can't hope wait. so. Please, please do. I've played many <laughs> games of chess listening to that album, and I loved it. Every game. Um, but, yeah, someone will, will hopefully pick that. Um, so that's two. Um, number three... I'm going to go Nas. Uh, I'm going to put Nas in there. Uh, And again, very woo-heavy, very – I've always – Illmatic was that album for me that I listened to, and I'm like, that's so dope. And he was another just amazing storyteller. Mm -hmm. And also, he's a a quiet Virgo, so I get a lot of what his world is like. Uh Um, Not that I'm ever out beyond that level, but I get the quiet – Quiet side of a person that just observes everything and has so much to say. Uh, so that's number three. Number four for me. God, who am I gonna go with? Mm, you'd think I'd have these. I'd have this laid out. Uh, you know what? This is gonna come out of left field, but uh, Jay the Damager. Oh, oh nice. You know what? I don't disagree with you on that. I mean, obviously, Great. you know, it's like no judges because this is this is your He's list. He's my top five. But uh, he was seriously dope. He was so and dope. He had a lot dude. of he had a lot of problems with that bad boy crew right now. He here. did, man. He did. Remember one day? Mm-hmm. Uh there's a song One yep. Day where yep. hip hop gets kidnapped yep. and Puff and Big stole it. Yep. I remember that. Yep. Um, I remember seeing that video, uh, you playing yourself, where you did the kung fu shit. Because yep. mm-hmm. I was into the, the kung fu movies and all that shit, too. So I remember seeing that, and I was like, this guy's also That was it. ridiculously dope. Yeah. And I went, to, I went to his concert. Like I would say that was like like eight, nine years ago, and it was amazing. It was amazing. I, I really good couldn't dude. imagine. Like, the other funny, Gabe Pacheco and I always have this running bit. Yeah, he ripped the Junior Mafia beat to do that song. <laughs> he did, actually. Yes. <laughs> the, this, the beat of that song is Get Money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hilarious. He did not like the, He did have some no. serious beef with those motherfuckers. Big said something about him. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was on Ready to Die. Big said something about him, and it was kind of a little underground back and forth thing they did not like yeah each big other. was very subliminal he never yep. called his yep. name out yep. he really wanted you to know that it was you but mm-hmm. that was kind of his style um but gabe pacheco and i have this running uh bit about and it's true jeru just always talks about getting laid but <laughs> just doesn't happen for him yeah. a lot like he just talks about fucking and it just doesn't pan out sometimes and I guess that kind of paints the human side to mm-hmm. him, you know. Whereas Big was like, "Nah, I'm fucking, yeah, I'm yep. fucking <laughs> all the time, time, at every turn. I'll get head on a toilet seat. I don't give a fuck, man. That's just what I do." Um, and so I finally have uh, number five, man, uh, from the '90s. And I wish I I should have put him up first, but I, or he should be up earlier than that. But Sean Price. Yeah. Sean Price. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, saw 
crazy resurgence past the 90s and really got into his stride. But just, again, and we've talked about Neil, yes. but he's just like, he was, he was the dopest. Unreal. He was unparalleled. Because if I had to do my top five now, he'd definitely be there. But since it's from the 90s, you know, I, I listened to um, the boot camp a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would, I would, I would put Buckshot up there because mm-hmm. you know he was the member that was like more prominent but, in the boot camp clique, and he, you know, but but well, Sean Price and I'm sorry, Scott's Rock, a, Rock back then yeah. that was not uh, not Sean Price. Well, I, late, I have, yeah, late nineties. Correction, yeah, he was right. I put rock, rock as number five. I don't he put Sean rock. Price because he was not Sean Price. At that no, he was time. Rock. Yeah, um, and again, just a beast. He. You couldn't mm-hmm. fuck with them, and you still can't. Um, Absolutely not. Nope. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope, uh, and I hope somebody. Well, when we get, uh, that's kind of somebody better pick that. Man. I hope somebody. We does might pick just Mickey have to bars. do a show Yo. where we pick that. Yeah, yeah I would. I would love to do a Sean Price uh, hour uh, where we just talk yeah. about uh, his his great moments. Yep. And there's many. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Shauna. Um, I'm gonna put Ruck at number five. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the show. Um, we did it. Uh, Lawrence, thank you for being oh, course, our uh, for being on the maiden voyage of swatches and boomboxes. Thank you, guys. Bro. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. it was fun. It was <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a great podcast, guys. Tune in. Check it out. It's fucking gonna be dope. Um, we appreciate I hope, that. I hope we, I hope you got to relive uh, Brooklyn in '94. Oh yeah, hope, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, brought brought you back to a good time. Great time when uh, when thing where things are a little simpler. Things mm-hmm. done change. Things done change. Mm-hmm. As as one man once said. Yep. Uh, so what? Where can people find you? Uh, plug your plug your, plug your shit. Uh, this uh, Saturday, <laughs> I am doing a show at uh, QED, which is in Astoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, show begins at nine thirty. Uh, there's some bunch of other shows I'm, I'm on next week, but uh, definitely check out my podcast, Memory Bank Shots uh, Basketball. Uh, we film it here at Jim Jam Studios. It's awesome. Uh, Dope. Yep. And that's about it. Oh, follow me on Twitter, LZD325. Yep. And we can get all that information. Check me out soon. Thanks. Neil, where uh, where can people find you, sir? Um, People can find me, uh, you know, on my website and Twitter. NeilCharles.com, like I said earlier. Twitter, definitely. Uh, NeilCharlesFTW. And uh, on the 27th, I'm going to be at uh, Bunga's Den. Okay. Show down mm-hmm. there. That's a show at like 8 at Bunga's Den, which is uh, um, Lower Manhattan. That's like 14th Street, 14th around there. Yep. 14th and 6th. It'll be a good time. I was there. I had a show there last Friday. Uh, Joe Dixon show. Yes, that's the show. That show you're doing? That's the show. Oh, I had a blast, man. That was a lot of fucking fun. <laughs> and you will enjoy yourself, too. Yeah. Um, Where can we find you, Jim Me? Uh, you can find me in them streets. Uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> you can find me on Poland right. St. James. <laughs> uh, no, um, let's see. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jim Search. You can also you can look me up on Facebook too. Um, I will uh, get into. I'll I'll entertain you on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Jim Search because I don't like to change shit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also. Uh, in as the Jim Jam Studios empire grows with its podcast game, the Three Negroes are back. Nice. Yes. So 
if you want to go check us out, that's myself, Ray Sani, and Neruda Williams. Download that. That's another place you can find me. Show-wise, on the 9th, I'll be at Village Lantern at 8 o'clock. So you should come check me out there. And then on the 13th, I will be at the Human Citizen Comedy Show at 88 Pacific Street at 9 o'clock. Nice. So you should uh, come see me talk my shit there. Yep. And also, um, we didn't set up an email or anything for this. Yeah, we totally did yeah, not. We didn't do any of we that. Should, so we should so that people can get in touch with us. Yeah. Um, you should uh, You should get a hold of Neil or I. Uh, either way, if you want to uh, tell us about an album, that we'll shout you out. That's your favorite. Right. Um, but we will have the Swatches and Boomboxes email up. Right. Uh, for next episode, so absolutely come check us there. I mean, for now, if you want, you can you can hit me up at uh at Neil Charles Comedy at Gmail dot com, and I will relay the message. And, yeah, you know, and uh, you can hit me at gymsearchcomedy dot com if you have anything you want to uh, throw me hip hop wise there. Yep. Um. Once again, Larry D, I appreciate you here. Thank you guys. Dude. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll miss you. Bye.